There's nothing to be afraid of. They were right. It's painless. It's good. Come. Sleep. Take a seat, rip open those trapper keepers, and welcome to the Horrible Film School. I'm Chris, here with Ryan Hootie. What's going on, fellas? We have been verified on Instagram and then unverified in the same week. Oh, shit. Is that like a street cred, or what does that mean? Apparently, we're just too badass for Instagram. Maybe they heard some of the audio of just Joey speaking about anything in general and just took our verification. Speaking of the devil, Mr. Nasty himself, my brother from the same mother, Joey. Oh, sorry about that, boys. Just spotted a normie and wanted to let the rest of the pod squad know what's up. The pod squad. You got to use pod squad. It's going to be a lot of uh, podcasting terminology. That's the fucking first bit of merch we got to put out. The fucking pod squad shirt. Pod pod. (laughs) Just have a big, like, jalapeno pepper, like in the movie. No, it's got to be the three of us holding one of those pods. The pod squad. Pod squad. Well, as we've alluded to, today's assignment is 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Today's lesson, if you are sliding into a co-worker's DMs, prepare for the risk of alien invasion. So how bad did Kiefer Sutherland's dad want to fuck this lady throughout the entire movie? That, yeah, I'll, I got big Kiefer Sutherland's dad vibes the whole fucking It's a little time. awkward in some parts. Uh, awkward in most fucking parts. <laughs> poor uh, poor Jeffrey, man. He was getting cucked all along. Didn't even know it. Yeah. It's Is this how a lot of women are like when they're at work, away from their like husbands and significant others? They're like <laughs> just farting with like... Gigantic, tall, curly-headed men. I'd love to fuck this weird-looking Slenderman guy. I'd love to fuck this six-year-old-looking guy with the fucking afro. Mm. <laughs> that that afro was nice, though. I, I miss a day. It was, it was dope. It literally looks, it looked just like my fucking hair back when I had hair. I could see From that. What I understand, they actually had to uh, perm that thing every day. Every day? Yeah, like put pink rollers and shit in his hair. Jesus. That was a, that was a look they were going for. It was not incidental, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's the thing I was trying to because I haven't watched Animal House in forever. Because he was that's right around the time he filmed Animal House. I was trying to remember his hair in that movie. Well, this is right after uh, what's that big movie? Don't look, don't look now. He has the exact. Oh, that's another horror movie too, right? And with that, I am the host of this week's show. So let's get into some fan reviews. First up is Jacob John Taylor. Hell yeah, he's like a country singer. August. Jacob John Jingleheimer (laughs) Smith. His name's my name, too. His review comes at us from all the way back in August of 2015, and he says, This is not a good movie. It is just awful. I can think of remakes better than the originals, but this, not one of them. Okay. I keep hearing that it is better. The original 1956 version, but I honestly don't know why. Question mark. The original 1956 version is one of the best science fiction movies ever made. And this one is just awful. One star. 
Wow. It's so it's funny he puts it that way because it's like to people who are like smarter and have more sense of what's actually good and not good than me, they consider this movie like one of the greatest remakes or reimaginings of like all time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading that essentially this was the first of its kind where people were like, ah, maybe remakes are kind of a good idea, you know. It can be done better, regardless of how we feel about the original. Boy, did we get a lot of remakes. Uh, we got people, a lot of people taking their shots now. It was like, what, 14 reimaginings of this story? Oh, yeah. It's definitely a trope of a story at this point. Yeah, it's quite, quite a lot. And then next up, a review comes from Michael W. from October... 2013 and he says excellent for a remake still very intense and scary after so many years great acting by all the cast one of donald sutherland's best roles it 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 is a classic four stars four out of ten <laughs> four out of what four, four out of five four out of four sorry four, oh, four out of five, five. okay <laughs> i do apologize should have uh, put it. no you're good i like that so i have in our time of doing the show and looking through so many pages and pages and pages of reviews, I've noticed an interesting factoid. The people who usually put one and two stars, their grammar is awful. And the folks who put four and five usually are pretty good. So easy to well, These are the same people who are given like Fast and Furious 8 like five fucking stars. Yeah, this is true. Man, them cars go boom, dog. <laughs> I, I like that part where they go around the corner and say, "See you later, fam." I can't believe such a movie great, better than that. <laughs> like, what? Oh, dude, here's one knock here on your little positive review. He talked about this was being this being such a scary movie. I don't know if I can get behind that vibe, dog. Until the last <sighs> act, I was going to say this is not even a horror movie. Yeah, it's, nah, it's, it's science fiction. I, I, Here's the thing. You're you're looking at it through the lens of, of somebody who's been watching people get fucking slashed since you were five years old. I agree. I'll I mean, give you like, that. You imagine here's my imagine back in the late 70s, that opening sequence to this movie with all that white shit going around. Dude, that would freak me the fuck but out. Counterpoint, Exorcist was five years before this. The Exorcist isn't fucking scary. Get the fuck out of here. That's not scary. He's, she's stabbing her vagina with a crucifix. That's hot. Okay. Good God. <laughs> Joey thought it was a porno until he discussed <laughs> it on the podcast. Fuck me, fuck me. And, and a few years before this, also they look, were here. Look to my to my def- in my defense, the fucking demon who's possessing this girl is like seven thousand years old. Uh, yeah, true. I suppose she's a very old demon. Uh, and also, a few years earlier, they found out that the, that the sledge is a better weapon as as well. So. The fuck are you talking about? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The sledge is better. Whack oh, him in the, the old way. head, man. The old way is the, the best way. That, that, that new way is no good. <laughs> they died too quick. You, 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 take, you lose jobs. You, you lose jobs. I wish we could speak in that guy's voice the whole fucking pie. Head cheese, right? You like head cheese, right? It, it, it's, it's a good picture. You can pay me now. <laughs> okay. Let's look at... I love that movie. Can we just review that movie again? <laughs> <laughs> it was better than I expected it to you be. You can rewatch it anytime you like, but I fucking love it. Oh, it's so good. So, the writer and the director for this film. First up, the director, Philip Kaufman, who is known for writing Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark and has cashed in on all of the sequels. 
to this day. Oh, he's, what's he get this character? This dude's like about? he's kind of he's got a got a big dick. Jesus, uh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. That? Like he, flipped he, my notes a, here. he created <laughs> he created like Raiders, right? Or he wrote Raiders. Indiana Jones. Um, yes. He wrote the screenplay for that law, Josie Wales, which is one of the better like westerns. Really like that Clint Eastwood shit. Uh, and also directed the uh, 1983's Oscar Darling, The Right Stuff, starring Sam Shepard and Ed Harris. That movie was, like, huge that year. I did not know that. I've never heard of The Right Stuff. Yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's about, like, NASA and shit. Yeah, it's like the, it's considered, like, the first big astronaut movie. And then, the writer is W.D. Richter, who also wrote... Big Trouble in Little China, and a classic, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Mm. Oh, it's a me, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh. Is that the it's actual a, character? It's a Peter, it's a Peter Weller yeah, movie. Yeah, it was not, character. Not that at all. <laughs> that was a mixture between Little Trouble in Big China or whatever, and and the Buckaroo Banzai character. Oh, it's a me, Kurt Russell. And an asterisk here, um, this film was based off of the original story titled The Body Snatchers by Jack Finney. So, I hope to let you know how popular this shit was, he wrote this movie. Then like two years later, there's a movie based on it. Wrote the book, you're saying, or the short what? story? Yeah, the novel. People got inspired. Yeah. It was, it was huge. So, to get into some behind-the-scenes stuff on this film, I have about two notes, and then we'll see what you fellas have. First up for me is Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard Nimoy were each paid 25000 for their roles, and Donald Sutherland was only paid 200000 for his. He got the fatty, though. He got that fatty paycheck. He did. Different times. I I had the same thing. I think I heard his paycheck was between two hundred k and three hundred k. But as like small as the budget was for this film, um, I'd probably lean more towards two hundred k being the the number. Considering how long the film is and how many effects were used, I'm shocked that it was this low budget. Pay each one of these people fifteen k more. Make the fucking movie fifteen minutes shorter. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I love the movie. Spoiler alert. However, too fucking long. And the next uh, note that I had is the bagpipe version of Amazing Grace that can also be heard in the trailer, of course, was also played during the send-off of Spock's coffin in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was me on the bagpipes. I need it. It's added to me, though. Sorry. Get the harmonica out, man. Let me hear a real rendition. It's always that fucking song. And that is all the notes I got. The blues. Crab macaroni and cheese. I don't even remember that commercial. It's crumb believable. Is that the Kraft mac and cheese commercial? It is, yeah. Yeah, Dude, that's 90s, all. I, that's all my pop culture references are just like commercials from the nineties. No, for some and Kraft macaroni and cheese. For some reason, the commercial at Campbell's where the snowman comes in and like melts in front of the kid. Always kind of. <laughs> is that correct? Is that how that went? <laughs> or was the snowman like the fucking Jack, Jack Frost? Frost? Snow dad's <laughs> better than no dad. I do love a snowman. 
My son made me watch that recently. I was like, God, what the fuck am I doing? All right, you, look, you making him, he's making you watch Jack Frost. What's the one that's like the horror version of Jack Frost? Jack Frost. It's the same name, yeah. It, same Is name. it the Jack Frost? Yeah. We gotta watch that shit with him. He's like stabbing people with icicles and shit. With a fucking icicle, dude. I think Did you like uh, Shannon Elizabeth in that movie. Michael Keaton's version of Frost of the Snowman? I have zero recollection of it, Udi. It's on my Christmas playlist. Don't worry. Oh, God. <laughs> Take the shot, Charlie. What's his name? J-Shot Charlie. J-Short Charlie. J-Short. He just shits his pants. <laughs> J-Short. J-Short. Oh, Dad. Oh, Santa Claus, Dad. I went to a hockey game recently. I was wondering whether that J-Shot was going to happen. Oh, shit. <laughs> you lean over. I don't know why nobody's taking the fucking J-Shot yet. I don't think they even know it. I don't think they even know about it. That's what I call a knuckle puck. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Oh, all right. What a on, film. Back on rails. Okay. Do you guys have any behind-the-scenes notes I didn't go over? Stuff anybody can look up, but hey, let's go ahead and just give it out to everybody. Um, give it to us. Much, uh, much like beloved actor Jackie Chan, Donald Sutherland performed his own stunts, even foregoing safety harnesses and nets in the film's climax. Oh, shit. A large fireball narrowly missed Sutherland, but an extra who missed his cue was seriously injured from the explosion. Did you see that happen? That was that take was used in the fucking movie. Yes, that it man was being burned alive. A stunt only? guy. Uh, he was burnt the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's right there at the end when he's actually. Uh, spoiler alert. When yeah, he's, yeah, when he's like actually the, destroying uh, the thing. Yeah. When he's running outside the building, yeah, like yeah, you can see the shot. extra just like go fate. He trips into the fucking fireball. <laughs> oh shit! The dude was trying to get his extra fifteen dollars that day. Where did he trip over? He tripped over his own fucking feet. He's running through a fire, a flaming building. So, so, but they used the tape. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I the director, the director said, "You know what? He got paid. Fuck it. Let's go ahead and put that in there. That's actually good." I had read the behind the scenes notes before watching the film, so I was kind of looking for it. And when that happened, man, I busted out laughing. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, in my second watch, I, I was like watching up. that shit like a halt. Fuck is wrong, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see it. He got paid, Chris. He was Sick doing his jobs. I'll get on YouTube. Yeah, seriously injured. I don't think it said he died or anything, but it said seriously fucking injured. And to expand upon the idea of Donald Sutherland performing his own stunts, he was actually hit by a Volkswagen Beetle while filming a shot of he and Elizabeth running. Oh, shit. They did a lot like, of fucking running, man. He literally hit yeah, the windshield of it, and apparently the guy in the like driving... Mouth the words, or it could be seen by Donald Sutherland saying, "No, not you." Oh shit! <laughs> I was like, I can hit anybody, but the fucking star of the yeah, movie getting fired. That was his last day on set. Damn. And also, uh, last little tidbit here: all the scenes we see with the homeless character playing the banjo, the actual banjo playing was performed by Grateful Dead frontman Jerry Garcia. Jerry, while the actor uh, mimicked. The actual playing that was uh, taking place off. Uh, Shout out to all the deadheads out there. And with that, fellas, let's get in to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because I think Jack is right. Not immature, exactly. He's got an adult face. It's a monster. It's got hair all over it. It's vague. Nose, lips. Yeah. Hands, everything, but it's got no detail, no character. It's unformed. Jack, don't touch it. You don't know where it's been. 
The opening credit sequence displays pods from another planet crashing into different areas of Earth. The pods begin to grow and bloom into a beautiful blood-red flower that an entire school class picks, as well as Elizabeth. Chris, you're like the technical aficionado when it comes to this type of stuff. Did you ever, like, decide to look up how they pulled this shit off? Which part? You mean how they moved well, on like, the Well, like, all right, well, the opening I read was they took some, like, glue or some shit they got at a hardware store right. and, like, poured it into a glass and just filmed it uh, in reverse um, to make it look like it was actually floating off the surface of a planet. I read that, but what I'm specifically referring to is like on the droplets. Yeah, the way they were moving on the keep, actual leaves and stuff. Yeah, the way it was out. like their their roots and then their tendrils coming out and spreading yeah. across the leaves and shit. I didn't look into it, but I did read. Uh, was that like stop motion shit or what? I mean, I read that everything they did was practical. There's no computer assistance here. So I'm wondering if they used some kind of magnets or something, you know, to kind of yeah. pull them in different directions. Some kind of metallic. Oh, the practical inside. effects, while like few and far between from most of the movie, are actually fantastic. I'm a I'm a whore when it comes to that shit. I love practical effects. Did either one of you notice the cameo I during did. this scene? Robert I was Paul. highly fucking confused. That stuck out like a fucking sore thumb. It was weird. It's super fucking weird. <laughs> uh, what we're referring to was obviously Robert fucking Duvall, uh, aka Tom from The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, dressed as a preacher and swinging with a bunch oh, of kids. He was a fucking I mean, I know, priest. Even worse. I know. Well, well, priest. Even worse. I know there's. <laughs> I know there's a joke in there somewhere, but my body did not age well. Is all I can say. <laughs> Don't talk about it. He didn't even say a word. Uh, just smiled. Oh, and my body was snatched. I'm fucking diddling kids. What am I doing? Yeah, they even he, gave him like a POV shot it. from the swing. I thought he was going to be a character in the movie. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he was in this. So I read that. They only paid him in a single Eddie Bauer jacket back when that was a big deal. So, what the fuck? There you go. Yeah, I think he actually worked with the director on some other films. Um, he was just walking through the set and was like, Eddie. "Oh, I'll swing on this swing set." These children dressed as a priest for that slick ass jacket did not age well, man. So Elizabeth is played by Brooke Adams, who you may know from Stephen King's Dead Zone and The Unborn. Uh, over two there, all right. Yeah, we did meet. I mean, who? I was a she. Who the fuck goes around picking like carnivorous flowers or whatever, like parasitic flowers, just off of shit. She just loves it, you know. Because I think her character nature. works for like the health department, yeah, and not like the Department of Agriculture or any of this bullshit. This is the type of person in today's era who like goes to the Grand Canyon and is trying to take a selfie to be with nature, but then you know almost falls off the cliff. We then meet Matthew, in a health, who is a health inspector looking into a local five-star restaurant that is placing rat turds in their pasta dishes. Rat turd. This is a caper. a caper. I like how he hits him with the line of, if it's a caper, why don't you eat it? And the fucking dude's like, fuck, I ain't that rat shit. What are you doing? And Matthew is played by Donald Sutherland, who was in MASH and Space Cowboys, to name a few. Yeah, he was uh, he was the original Hawkeye from Mash, man. Uh, also starred in Animal House, uh, as well as, in my opinion, his most oh boy, here we go. recognizable. 
character, President Snow, up in this bitch. I'm going to say this man forever will have a full head of white hair. And he will be the mentor of Jake Brigance, played by Matthew McConaughey in The Time to Kill. Lucian Malfoy. What's his fucking name in that movie? He played The Time to Kill with his son, Kiefer, the piece of shit Sutherland. Just in that movie. Well, in that movie, yeah. In yeah, that movie. You can't blame a dog for being a dog. Right, we can't go on a keeper fucking ran here. But. Yeah, we can't. Not not, not but, with that movie. But I will say, seeing <laughs> this man at this age, and then thinking back to Kiefer and Lost Boys, his son is way more attractive than he is. Oh, That's all God. Working at an attractive thing. Okay. There's only, to there's give no you an idea of, like, which one's more attractive, there's only one of those two that I've ever beat off to. Oh, yeah. isn't that nice? You can guess. That's good. You can guess which one it is. So is it the guy with the mullet or the guy with the little mini fro? You decide. Let the audience like figure it out. Off. That'd be like isn't beating off to a fucking accountant or something. I ain't doing that. So, uh, one last tidbit here on Donald Sutherland. He is 87 years old and has four films uh, made in 2022, along with a television series called Swimming with Sharks. Still it's a lot. kicking, man. The man cannot be killed. That's a lot of stuff. 87 he hasn't gained a fucking pound either since the 70s. So he looks exactly the same, buddy. He eats one salad a day. That's it, Chris. Whatever the fuck he's doing, he's doing it right. Oh, <laughs> it's a good time to shout out Bill Russell. Rest in peace, my man. Yeah, I don't know why that connection happened with salads, but tall, I guess tall, skinny old man. Mm, I got you. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, that is very sad. Very, very sad. All I gotta say about that is turd in the soup. Rat There's a turd, turd in the punch bowl. I love how he said it two syllables. Rat turd. And Matthew calls Elizabeth to come in early the next day to examine the rat turd, and then she goes to sleep with her husband Jeffrey beside the damn flower. Bad move. The uh, <laughs> so the cucking soon begins. <laughs> that should be oh. the name of the movie. <laughs> the cucking <laughs> sounds like an M Night Shyamalan joint. Uh, um. You know, I couldn't tell if Brooke Adams was hot or not in this movie. Oh, I could. Man. I could at the end, buddy. Oh, boy. Could, uh, yeah. It, obviously. It clear. Obviously. But uh, this had a PG has, rating, too. Go ahead and throw that out there. It had a PG rating? <laughs> PG. Oh, yeah, it's PG rating. It's got tits in it. Exactly. Well, PG. it's got tits. Wow. It's got tits, and I think it almost has bush in it. There's no profanity, I don't think. Pretty and cool. we ain't talking about the bush on Donald Sutherland's head. You heard me? <laughs> So this is a European uh, joint then. But uh, she had it. this uh she had this Karen Allen look. I don't know if you guys know who Karen Allen is. You just throw it out with random um, names. Um, no, nah, fuck Scrooge? no, man. From from Scrooge to yeah, Animal House, no, no. uh and the Indiana Jones movies. She's like the love interest. Um okay, okay. Lumpy. But Brooke Adams is just not as good as the real thing. It's like new Coke versus classic Coke. Both are good. We're talking about cocaine but or coca just better than the other. <laughs> Dude, I had a, I had a crush like when I was young on that on on Karen Allen. Like, just that character in Scrooge, know. man. She's just the sweetest person. Yeah, she's so fucking nice. Cute. The uh, the little tidbits in the in the Joey's brain we learned in this show is just great. Just like an it's just a bunch of tunnels of different just masturbatory. Uh, this, is, this is my only outlet. This is my only outlet to the outside world. I have to get all this <laughs> shit out now. Otherwise, I'm gonna do some crazy shit. It gets backed up, man. You never know where it's gonna go when it gets backed up. The next morning, my, my penis can only take so much of a beating. <laughs> the next morning, Jeffrey is acting all kinds of weird by emptying the trash right into the trash truck. You know, normal stuff. How about this alarm clock that goes off to wake them up? 
remember the alarm clock. This is the most annoying alarm clock I've ever heard in my so fucking like life. Like a rooster call? It's literally just like a, a siren going off. It's terrible. <laughs> I liked him when she woke up. He was kneeling beside the bed, turning off the alarm clock, fully dressed. Creepiest shit you could wake up to. Couldn't wake up with cunnilingus or anything thoughtful. He's just fucking taking a knee and turning off the alarm clock. I got a weird little thing here, too. The Warriors have just won another NBA title, right? Yeah. Yes. Jeffrey just so happens to be a big Warriors fan. Avid, he, you might say. The team is currently in the playoffs during this movie. Uh-huh. Are we currently in Snatcher times? Hootie's acting a bit weird. He did take the trash I out. I can feel on the, the snatch in my veins. I have saw some weird conspiracy theory that Eminem died and has been replaced by a clone. Have you guys seen that? Eminem? Yeah. There's like pictures. I don't, keep, I, don't, I don't keep up with TMZ, bro. There's like pictures and stuff. I don't think it's TMZ that reported it, but it was it was very interesting. Somebody took the time to go into that. People got too what much you see that time. shit when you was checking out at fucking Walmart or something. You saw it on a little black and white paper no, in the fucking checkout the lane. No, I was, the bat, was it was it next to the Bat Boy or some rag. shit? Because of our Instagram page, I have to stay on you know uh, the social media a lot, and it just like came across my feed, and I was like, that's interesting. Run hootie. Down with the bitches and hoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, plug. That's time. That's time to plug the Instagram again. Like during the middle of the show, I like this. Like we're we're starting to get traction. So I anybody who uh, who wants to support us, head to that uh, Instagram right now. Please send some comments. Listen, let's, let's try like it that. up. I like. I really, I really like, like that. that. Hey, we're always posting cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. <laughs> Whoever gives us the most <laughs> likes, I'll send a topless picture to. Ooh, that lucky lady, mm. our man. Of Jesus. yourself, we're talking about. Mm. I hope. Oh I, yeah, myself. I hope okay. that I get that. Okay. Uh, later that night, Jeffrey has to go to a meeting instead of watching his beloved Warriors play. Elizabeth knows now that something is afoot. Was this believable here? Did she really? Had he changed that much? He seemed like kind of an asshole to begin with. I've got a meeting. What? Oh my God! No. Well, like right before that, like <laughs> he's watching the ball game. He's animated. He's. He's like, yeah, fuck, my team's winning. He even, oh, like, pull, he farts. He literally, like, has headphones on. He has fucking he headphones on. To plugs into to the television. Fart. Is totally ignoring her and, like, farts. And tells her, like, come over here. He's not listening to her. She's talking about some stupid fucking flowers and shit. And he, he just, like, farts audibly. And says, like, you come over here and starts making out with her and shit, baby. you know? You're going to love this. <laughs> Got your seat warm. While they're making out, I guess they score, like, a basket or some bullshit. He goes, all right, that away. <laughs> Fuck yeah Generic sports All player. that fucking All I could hear in my fucking head was This away That away This away That away I thought he was about to break out <laughs> But I'm just saying It seems like he had one bad day And she's already going to This motherfucker has completely been swapped out His personality is completely fucking erased Oh yeah She, one uh, she becomes super dramatic But don't most women <laughs> Ain't that uh, right okay. boys Too soon Too soon And when she Too soon anyway uh, and when she becomes dramatic, Elizabeth goes to see Matthew the cuck and oh, tells him all about Jeffrey meeting with random people in the street and within street corners and office buildings. She, yeah, she follows this motherfucker around for like half the day. Yeah. Does she have but, a job? I mean, I guess she does. She's like the lead lab scientist, apparently. I think the theory behind her obsession with this guy is like his hair produces like pheromones and it's like she can't control herself and she's just naturally attracted to Ooh, this guy maybe it's the mustache man sex panther 
We need to just like put a poll up for women who were in their twenties and the seventies. Just was this hot or what the fuck was going on? It is quite confusing. Yes. Oh, baby, a mustache never goes out of style. But we will you see. Jeff Goldblum, I could say, seemed like a pretty good-looking guy as of time. God, he was so skinny in this I movie. I have a fascinating note about Jeff Goldblum when we get there. But Oh, man, is his dick in the movie? Did I miss that? Uh, no. Was it a stunt it's dick? Not, it's not that nice. Matthew drives Elizabeth to see Dr. Kebner, but before they arrive, a man runs into the car screaming that they're next. He is soon run over by a car. The man asking for help is Kevin McCarthy, the star of the 1956 adaptation Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He literally did this exact scene in the original movie as well where he's warning people in cars about the, uh, as the, the protagonist invasion. Oh, yeah, as protagonist. It's, uh, he's, he's credited as the running man um, for this film, but there's some people of the mindset this is actually the same character from the last movie still like you know trying around. to warn people of uh i mean i don't know how that movie fuck i have no clue how the movie ended because i'm not fucking 75 years old watching shit from the 50s but yeah um i mean hell that sounds like a pretty cool theory it does sound pretty cool also what's with all this black wool in the back of the garbage trucks that took me a We've while, seen it. but I think yeah. you may give you like a spoiler of what it is. Oh, yeah. I, I know give what it. it is. Give it. I know what it is, but I figured we we should talk about it. The body hair. Well, pretty much any any instance that we have, like somebody being snatched, right after that, we we're given a view of like a you know a garbage truck or a trash can or like this black fibrous waste being disposed of one way or another, and. What I'm guessing, and I think it's 100% correct, is it's just like the the remains, the husk, yeah, the husk of the actual pods the themselves. We haven't been introduced to that in the story yet, but you're already seeing like countless, in, well, countless, several instances of the uh, the bat, black uh, black wool. So you're uh, saying these uh, characters became a bit husky. Everyone's favorite wow. pants as it came. Like, the the husky pants on, right? Jesus Christ! Hoodie, I got you some huskies. You gonna look Joey? <laughs> Joey, them look really. Joey, them look really tight around your thighs, but really loose around your ankles. It's almost like your pants, your like gut, <laughs> and your fucking waist is way too big for somebody your height. You're not big. Oh yeah, husky. mom. Yeah, mom. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to eat all the meatloaf. I was just hungry. Oh, you put shit. the ketchup on it. I like that. Do they still make husky pants? I mean, we wouldn't. I, I would still wear husky pants. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't. Know. I'm like the only person on the planet that has to wear husky pants right now. I'm sorry. Man, how did they, how do they feel, Joy? How I mean, they really tighten the thighs. <laughs> I mean, that hasn't stopped. It's probably not politically correct. It's I have to, a warehouse full of them somewhere, though. I have to get those stretchy thigh part. Like, the rest of it is like jeans, but the thighs are just like that stretch. Just spandex. That stretch too. Yeah. The two arrive at Dr. Kebner's party, only to be bombarded by Jack, who is not going for Dr. Kebner's garbage. Jack is played by none other than Jeff Goldblum, who was in Jurassic Park and Independence Day. He's the man, he's Jeff Goldblum, he's the man. Everybody loves Jeff Goldblum. We've, uh, we've already sucked on him plenty mm. uh, for the fly. To completion. Uh, he... He is just as manic and unhinged in this movie as he is any other time. He's fucking great. 
Yeah, I'll so, say visiting his 70s work, as we've done with the podcast, have been first for me. So I have a deeper appreciation for him than uh, originally, he, but he's the man. He is so fucking handsome. So to that point, Joy, of how handsome he is, my note, he became a father for the second time at age 64 when his third wife, Emel Livingston, who is 34 years old, gave birth to their son, River Goldblum. She's the same age as me. I could give birth to his yeah, project. you could. And we're else. in a very uh, pronoun society now, Chris. You probably could. I yeah. could fucking do anything I want. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't let your man. don't let don't let the fact you don't have a fucking womb stop you from having a kid, Chris. Exactly. That might stop me. I could lease one or some shit. Matthew calls the police, and they have no records of anyone being run over. Just as Elizabeth sees a woman claiming her husband is an imposter, to Doctor Kebner. Imposter. Dr. David Kebner is played by Leonard Nimoy, who we all know from Star Trek and one episode of The Twilight Zone. You know how disgusting it is that you always, anybody that talks about Leonard fucking Nimoy, they Spock. always default to Spock. What do you mean, man? That's an always character, though. What are you supposed to uh, connect to? He like was the, the narrator for Civ 4, bro. Oh, fuck me, right? Civ 4? I, I don't know what that even is. I think they're on like Civ 7 or 8 now. Game that was a pre- while ago. You pretend to play as like really little people on a big-ass map. Oh, you pretend to play a video game. Sure, <laughs> man. It's not my speed. So, uh, but unfortunately, we lost uh, Leonard Nimoy in yes, 2015. Damn, it's uh, been that long? I guess so. Uh, it's been that fucking long. It's been a while. But uh, Kaufman actually cast Leo Nemo. To try and break the typecasting of Spock. But ironically, he has to play a therapist devoid of emotion. <laughs> Much like his pointy-eared counterpart from Star Trek. Yeah, I thought it was funny that the, literally the way they describe the pod people is how they're describing a fucking Vulcan, pretty much. You just can't show any emotion. That's how they, you know you're one of them. They don't love, they don't cry. Like, God damn it, Leonard. <laughs> I, mean, even the, I mean, I'm not that well-versed in Star Trek, but... The whole concept of this movie felt like fucking an episode of Star Trek or something. It definitely had that vibe for sure. Yeah, it's definitely got a uh, Star Trek. I think there was an episode of Star Trek like exactly like this. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I'm sure it was inspired by the story, you know, somewhat as well, like the original story. Um, But, yeah, is it? (laughs) So, as Hootie said, he plays... Dr. Kibner, a therapist. Is it commonplace for therapists to like hug on their clients oh, he's and like very smell touching. their hair and shit? Very I dug touching. it, man. This is San Francisco. You gotta keep that in mind here. This is like That's the true. liberal capital of the United States of America. He was super touchy. He was he and Jeff were my two favorite characters and actors in the movie. I thought they were fucking great, man. One last tidbit about Mr. Nimoy is he also directed the classic Tom Selleck film. Three men and a baby. He did fucking randomly. <laughs> Shout out, That Leonard. fucking mustache. Dr. Kebner explains that he has heard the exact same story from six other patients this week alone. He believes it is all based on marriage troubles. And that is it. There's a moment when... <laughs> I'm not... I didn't get what was the actual reference Leonard Nimoy's character was trying to make. He told Jack... 
that there was a woman there with red hair and a blue dress that was interested in hearing his like poetry, like his writings and shit. Yeah, she was interested in his work. I think is how he put it. Did we know if he was like setting him up to like go talk to a poster or some shit? I thought he was trying to like just push him off on some random hot lady. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was figuring somebody was going to tell me this was like the first iteration of like Wendy's or some shit. You know, Ooh. Wendy has like the same look. Oh, yeah, they got a 12 year old girl there with pigtails. <laughs> it's like, like a big sign <laughs> with completely perfectly squared patties. Uh-huh. Jack goes to his mud bath house to see Nancy, who helps a fat man get out of the tub, only to give him a full body massage that was really uncomfortable this to watch. This made me really fucking uncomfortable. Uh, Being a big hairy you, man has made me uncomfortable. You motherfuckers, man. What is it? Do you like mud baths? Over here, she having to dig this big dude out of the tub and rubbing on that get, on that mm. gut. That's mm. the type of woman I need in my life, needing oh, my ass true. like a ball of dough. She, she looked like she enjoyed it. She's an actress. Was she, she, was dog. she was into yeah. it. She was into it. She was doing a great fucking job. I was like, God damn, she looks like she really knows how to give him his hot. So, uh, she'd be Veronica pounding Cartwright his ass actually and shit. played Nancy. Oh, she was rubbing that ass, boy. Nancy was played by Veronica Cartwright, who was an alien and Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah, we're going to be covering this hopefully soon because I'm a huge fan of. Uh, 1979's Alien, but uh, the birds. played Lambert, the birds is who is, and was a talking point we're probably going to have during the movie, and at least I'm going to make it a talking point. She is a possible alien sex partner in that movie. Um, she may or may not have been fucked by a xenomorph. This is not canon. This is uh, some Reddit shit we're talking this about. This is like a big point of like contention in the movie. Of how it's written and how so it was edited. Now who's reading TMZ shit? There it is. <laughs> what? No, it's just like a big thing. It's the YouTube comments. They fucking got him. But uh, she was also in... Uh, <laughs> she was also in Money Talks. And I'm... I mean, anytime oh, I can quote fucking... Anytime I can quote Chris, Chris, Tucker. Chris Tucker, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Sweet, sweet. Man, fuck sweet, sweet. My life's on the line. You out here talking about a damn broom. There you go, Raul. I love you, bro. Fucking Tucker. Nancy goes back to check on Jack, only to find a mummified body, and then Jack and Matthew show up. After careful examination, Matthew realizes that the figure is actually a direct replica of Jack's body measurements. Oh no, someone cooned all over one of the mud boys! <laughs> I was really confused here. Because I, I thought was it was the fat dude. The fat dude was still under there. Yep. Because she approached it you the same way. She said, oh, why don't you get up? Whatever his name is. I was like, so what happened to the fat guy? What the fuck is going on here? You've heard of the Toon Squad. Now get ready for the Coom Squad. <laughs> the Coom Squad. I'm cooming. All these fucking things are covered in coom. Yeah, this bit was very confusing. Until the nosebleed kicked in, I was not... Understanding what the fuck was going on, Jack's nose. It's great how they shot weird. that though, because it's like you're in you're in the shoes of the people that are that are, you know, discovering this fetus, for lack yeah. of a better term, I guess this disoriented fetus. It's like you don't know. Put yourself in that situation; it's going to be very, very confusing. 
Nancy calls Dr. Kebner, but before he arrives, Jack's body double opens his eyes, and Jack is looking pretty damn rough. Yeah, he looked like he was a little fucking thirsty. Just, just, just a tad. He literally took an ice cube, stuck it in his mouth, and fell asleep with it in his mouth. He did do that. I think it's a choking hazard, bud. <laughs> so Matt, his, the replication was disrupted, right? Is that why he survives? Yes. Uh, he was woken up. I think at this point, the movie starts to allude to you have to be asleep in order to be... Right. Um, so they dehydrate you? Is that, the con- is that the concept? Yeah, I think it actually uses your moisture, your body's moisture. And your body, as like your the accelerant body for... The Something like that, yeah. Never really, yeah, we never really got 100% on a few of these. Well, no, no, at the end of the movie, we definitely see what happens to, like, the bodies that that you go from, like, your original body. Like, your body where you can actually feel anxiety and shit. Like, we see what happens. Okay, maybe I missed a, a, a detail there. Matthew quickly drives over to check on Elizabeth and decides to break into her house only to find a similar mummified version of her as well. He quickly takes the real Elizabeth out of the house. It's at this point we see that the actual replicants come from the giant pods. So, uh... Quite enormous. Boys, right here, we got pod titties. We did see pod titties. No nipples. But yeah, that was uncomfortable, but yes. Heard you half half a chub? Uh. I don't know. It was very uncomfortable for me. Dude, I was you was a half mast, I was at full mast, bro. Isn't that nice? Set I set to see sales. Jeff with no nipples. Set sales. Back at the mud bath spa, the fake Jack has disappeared, and Dr. Kebner does not believe them in their outlandish story. Dr. Kebner eventually tells Matthew that he believes him. How about that? So they make a deal to get the mayor involved in this horrific situation. Kebner gets in a car with other Snatchers and tells them that they need to get rid of Matthew quickly. Oh, wow. It's at this moment we realize Leonard Neboy is a fucking Fucking pod person. So at what point do you think he was a pod person, or was he one the entire time? I think the whole time, because he was so hell-bent on convincing people that none of this was happening. He was very touchy-feely. He said himself. Yeah, I don't think it was the entire time. I think it was after that first. It's right before he is um, called into the the mud bath area, I think, is when he goes. Because like we talked about earlier, he is very, very huggy, smiley, and all that bullshit during his, like, uh, book, his book club signing, his book club meeting. He's a Vulcan. And after that is when he just, he goes full full Vulcan on us. Full mast. Full mast. Matthew re- begins to receive call after call from people telling him that he is seeing things and it is all in his head. He begins to realize that everyone around him is acting differently. Matthew falls asleep outside of his house and is quickly wrapped in the vines of a pod close by that births a version of Matthew and the others. Mm-hmm. He stays asleep through all of this. So I think this 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 scene you were talking about, yeah. Yeah, I had to take a break right here for a minute. I was getting a little fucking nauseous. I was like, <laughs> this is fucking gross, dude. It reminded me of uh, Men, Hootie. 
Oh, back to it. oh, I can't see that. The way the things were you opening know, up. And, oh, there's like mm-hmm. spitting out bodies. I got I got a commercial in in the middle of this on Pluto. So I, I was, there's there's a movie you're not thinking about <laughs> that's exactly like this fucking scene, almost in terms of like how grotesque it is, and it's not even like a horror movie. The fucking Matrix, man. Yeah, I guess so. Matrix is so clean those, though, man. Yeah, but that shit is like steel. You got that umbilical fluid all over your body. That that oh, that. that but it's that post This is exactly what we've always said, though. I can see the CG, and that just it cartoons it out for me, man. That pile was spitting like out things. <laughs> I saw something crawl yeah, out I of fucking, fucking thing. That shit. You <laughs> know how like, they oh, got that actual the actual sound of the pods, like that that heartbeat sound or whatever it is. It was very like vaginal. I what thought. was it? The, was like it's vaginal, the, like nutsack with the hair around it. God. I think it was either the it was either the writer or the director's like wife at the time was pregnant, and it was like the ultrasound like heartbeat. Mm, nice. Wow. I mean, the sound design nuts. in this is some is fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic! It's so good. It's what that and the practical effects are really fucking banging. But oh, I will say, here's a pet sure. peeve of fucking movies in general that gets on my fucking nerves: is watching an actor fall asleep. It is never fucking convincing, dude. I don't know, man. Never. Donald Sutherland did a good job on nah, this dog. of like doing I the half open eye. They'll have a head straight up and shit, and then they'll just go. I'm like, get the f- come on, get the fuck out. Yeah, of Yeah, but here. he did his twice. The exactly. whole like head falling over is pretty. Terrible. Yeah, I'm like, come on, y'all. We can do better than this. At least just lean back into it. What are you doing? What, you want him to jack off and fall asleep, or they watch a bunch of YouTube videos and just fall asleep? What are we it's talking the, about? It's here? the falling motion when your head. <laughs> you drops. don't never. We always wake have, up. When's the last going. time you realized you fell asleep? Or like when they lay on somebody's shoulder. It and just happens. Drop. No. I think I might have actually fallen asleep like that on the plane. Your it's possible. Snap. Yeah, fucking. No. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, he's literally laying on a lawn chair. It's not, where's his head going to go? He's laying on an Adirondack chair. He could. He could have just turned on his hip and like did the the. Wait, fetus, he's on a fetal what? Position. An Adirondack chair. Adirondack? Isn't yeah, that like a fucking puzzle box or some they shit? Back. It's, it's the guy who made the chair, and for some reason, it's like he invented a serum, and they're always named after that guy. Adirondack, the Adirondacks right? is like what they use to close the gates of hell or something. It's a lake in uh, New York State. That they named it after. Oh, I thought it was a guy. How about that? Anyway, Matthew finally wakes up, and they realize that everyone, including the police, has been turned. They make a run for it as the entire town chases them. The first of many, many run scenes. The start of the third act literally chased the fucking movie. This shit is... (laughs) God damn it, I love this movie, but holy shit. That's a little buried. He's right fucking here, man. They run downstairs for about four minutes. Like in this first <laughs> sequence. It's like how many fucking stairs are in San Francisco, man? Why do we need to see that? You well they found all of them. Outside. So uh, I did but, like when uh when he first goes back inside though, he gets he says, I'll get the police. I was like, get a fucking flamethrower, dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's the police? He very be? much was he was very reliant on the fucking police. Yeah, he was definitely Knowing that like shit wouldn't happen nowadays. Yeah, he was all about some police. And him cracking the uh, the head on the way out, I thought was pretty cool. That was that fucking shook me for a second too. Man. They didn't they didn't like that, Chris. That practical effect. That's when we first get the the iconic sound. The gang runs into a dead end at the boat docks, so Jack and Nancy decide to be a hero and they run off to get help. 
which made no sense to me. Split up dog. It was a distraction, the, the distraction tactic. What was See you said dad don't make any sense. What don't make any sense to me is these unathletic white ass motherfuckers going to let a 7 foot link Fence stop them from escaping. This is true. They yeah. literally run up to this fence. Don't even try to scale it. Fuck, we can't they just it. look up. Fucking Donald Sutherland being as tall as he is, literally looking over the fence and shit, talking about we can't get over this. <laughs> or bend it or some shit. Pull it. Shit, try to pull on it. Something. The, the I do have a note here about up. that. Uh, about the sound. Uh, sound editor Ben Burt designed the iconic shriek when pop when pod people see a human being. A sound that was composed of many elements, including a pig's squeal. Oh, the fucking Jesus. sound was fantastic. That might actually been the guy who did the, uh, who came up with the sound bullshit for the pods to the heartbeat thing. Yeah, maybe. That might yeah, be the guy. It was, it was some next level fucking sound work here. I think uh, he may have even had a, a history of working on the Star Wars stuff before this too, so. If it's the same guy, legendary fucking sound designer. They did a similar thing for Jurassic Park with the T-Rex, right? It was a bunch of animals combined into one sound. Right, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Matthew and Elizabeth call a cab, and to no one's surprise, the driver leads them straight to the police, Matthew's favorite group of people. The taxi they get into has a telephone number of 415-673-1414, and it's called DeSoto Cab. The cab company is real, and that is their real telephone number. Dial now. Free fucking plug. There you go. <laughs> so this taxi, uh, this taxi driver... Um, do you guys know who he may be? I think he has an attachment to the OG, right? Not sure who he is, but I know he was hey, a part of it. That was actually a man named Don Siegel who directed, directed the original right. Invasion oh. of the Body Snatchers back in 1956. Very cool. And apparently the actors were super uncomfortable with him driving because in his old age, his eyesight was like fucked up. <laughs> and that's actually him driving around like the dark parts uh, of downtown. He just, he just ran over somebody. He oh, just ran over shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dr. Kemner shows up with Jack at the public health building and they give the couple a sedative to help them sleep. The couple are able to knock out both Jack and the good doctor in order for a yet another escape. Well, you forget that just before they got bombarded, they happened upon oh, some hellacious 70s experimental drugs known as Speed. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like five that. pills apiece. Yeah, uh, uh, she goes, says, how many one. should we take? One. Take five. Because you know what she's going to end up with by the end of the night? Speed dick instead of whiskey dick. Why do they discontinue speed? They did, and uh, it's called Adderall now. Yeah, they just, they just put it behind the counter pretty much. They just rebranded it. The same shit. Remember, Keith Leave used to pop that shit all the time for a game, baby. But yeah, once they do the sedatives and they fall back, it took me a minute. I was like, ah, I guess it's the speed kicking in. That's supposed to be the logic, like this, the effects of the speed when that finally wears off. Oh, we'll that's that why point. they're able to get... That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because the ending is kind of vague. Yeah, for sure. They hitch a ride on a fruit truck that gets packed with those sweet pods at the local dispensary. A ship arrives at the port, blasting Amazing Grace, of course, the bagpipe version, and Matthew leaves Elizabeth to get help. This dude can't realize that everybody has turned. Yeah. 
He never fucking gives up. Oh, yeah. He's, he definitely still has hope for humanity at this point. What about yeah, the crowd scene from a bit before this? Yeah, I was about to say, we're going to skip over the funniest scene in the entire movie. That shit had me fucking rolling. <laughs> when he bitch left that, that shit was lady. hilarious. Like, yeah, he fucking knocked that bitch out, man. <laughs> She fucking, she started shrieking at him and shit, and he fucking <laughs> locked her upside the head and, like, rolled her ass over. What about the damn dog that walked up right in the guy's face? Yeah, my question says, what that the shit fuck was is crazy. this dog? <laughs> the damn banjo music playing while he's, like, with the man's face on yeah, his yeah, face? Yeah, the man's face. Did he, so my question was, did he put the man's face on his face? He doesn't have fucking thumbs. I think the pod... Face? I think this is an instance of like, like crossbreeding, yeah, yeah, across genetics. Yeah, I was you curious know, if that's what they were going splicing. for. But it definitely looked yeah, like Hannibal I think it was Lecter fucking shit to great. Me. It looked so fucking real. You cracked me up. I was like, what it looked the good. Fuck is it? But it was it was super goofy as shit because when he ran up, the banjo music was playing in the fucking background. <laughs> Just to tell you, hey, this is the same dude who was mixed with a damn dog. Now it was great. But yeah, that's who you were saying. They're like laying in the bushes there. He's like oh, ships. Ships, we'll get out of here. He's so like, excited. Fucking guy, it's the speed, well, man. The, it's the speed. Don't don't forget to mention why why they had to lay in the bush in the first place. They're climbing down a ladder, and uh, the girl oh, yeah, uh, her tears her ACL just like someone else. Uh, it's an Achilles you know, injury, not an ACL, motherfucker. Get it right. And they're at a dock. There has Getting to be other boats shit. sitting around for them to go try to hijack. Yeah, I was like, you could just make a raft or something. I mean, I don't know. At this point, it was like literally they ran out of logical places they could run to. And that's kind of well, how they the tried everywhere. There's nowhere else to run, I guess. Can you imagine how disheartening it is for him to think he found the one escape? Like, we can get off on the ship just to run up there and see. That they're carrying fucking gourds uh, and all that other bullshit onto the ship. Yep. And his fuck bananas. Now he's left with the woman he loves and nowhere to go, man. To no one's surprise, the ship is not human anymore, and Matthew finds Elizabeth's deterioration into the earth. He's holding her as she is like drying out like a fucking raisin. Like, the special effects, like, the scene where it's, like, going... Because he's holding her, like, to to his chest, so her head is lopped over his shoulder. And the cameras are cutting back and forth between his face and her face. And every time they do it, like, she is gradually more and more dried out until her shit just, like, crumbles. For, like, late 70s, that it it, it was great. It was great for the time, yeah. Practical was great. Yeah. I think. I so, mean, I think it holds up today too. But so she gets like replicated again, right? Obviously. Oh yes, she does. What happened? Oh. Can you be replicated more than once? Apparently. I th- yes. Well, I think once it's fully, you're fully replicated. Um, so all your like memories and in your mind actually transfers into that new body, and from that point on, I think I don't think you can be re-replicated. So the first one that was in the house was just like, it just didn't finish, so it just rotted or something. Yeah, it didn't finish. Okay. I think that's actually, I think those are some of the, um, like the fiber, the black fibers and shit we see. Some of the husks. The husks. The new Elizabeth shows up completely nude with her boobs out. Even aliens, even aliens know how to get a man's attention. This is, this is very reminiscent of the scene from The Faculty. Where the girl's nude at the end of the movie, who's the actual queen, 
spoiler alert for our faculty episode. Uh, go back a few episodes and you can watch it or listen to it. Um, but yeah, they have like the same body type too with those saggy ass titties. But uh, they're like <laughs> the body you know, shaming with Jordan. Well, fuck me, right? <laughs> they're. Uh, I mean, they're still at the end of you know what they're 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 at the end of the day they're titties. So like it be whatever. They're still gonna be good. Um, but yeah, she's like stalking around naked, just like in the faculty. So I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, me not knowing, me not remembering this scene or knowing this scene happened in this movie, I can kind of retroactively see it's a, I think it's a callback. Homage. Homage. Yeah, this uh, leads inevitably to another chase sequence. Matthew makes his way onto the balcony of the pod farm and destroys it row by row by setting it aflame. Using an axe on a rope, very unpractical fucking use of the axe, man. All right, you say unpractical use of the axe. However, in this instance, I think it's the only option the guy's got. Look at it. I mean, if it was you, you would grab the rope and you would saw it, right? No, it's an axe. You don't saw with an axe. <laughs> Axes aren't so He's making so much noise. <laughs> It'd be, oh, yeah, he didn't care about getting caught. He seemed like he did at first. Like, literally, as soon as he picked the axe up, the fucking fire alarm went off. And they all looked up and knew he was there. Yeah, that was a sharp fucking axe, though. Even yeah. with it not being serrated, Super it sharp. pretty good. The Fireman's axe. The Snatchers come after him, but he hides under a bridge. The time jumps, and we see Matthew fitting in with the others, trying to be normal. Nancy sees him and calls out to an old friend, hoping he is still human. Matthew turns and screams at her. The end. <laughs> Yeah, so here's what I was talking about with, like, he's hiding under a sewer grate or something, right? And it cuts, or, like, next day. So that's when the speed wore off, I guess, and he fell asleep and they found his ass. That's the idea. Had to have, yeah. Well, but I think my, they find him right there because they shine a flashlight into, like, the hole that he's in. But they cut away from it like he's undiscovered. Well, I, I think it's one of those things, it's definitely like a red herring. It's, like, trying to convince you that he escaped. It, funny enough, it actually worked because the character or the, the actress of Veronica Cartwright's reaction of, like, shock right there was genuine. Only uh, Donald Sutherland, Kaufman, yeah. and the writer, uh, W.D. Richter, knew the film's true ending. Yeah, I think I read that they kept it a secret from everyone, and Sutherland only found out the night before they actually shot it. And she reacted pretty much in real time when he did this point in the short. Definitely one of the most unique and, like, most awesome fucking endings. Yeah, I know. If I've had that image me. in my head. I've seen it, like, on websites and lot, articles. Yeah. I've never known what it was from or in what context it actually came to be. So it feels cool. To I remember seeing it on a T-shirt in Hot Topic. Yeah, some sh- random Back in, like, that. 2007 or 2008. Some oh, yeah, that's so like cool. That. No fucking idea what you're yeah. looking at. That's back when I was getting that edible underwear and shit and just eating it. Like, I wouldn't wear it or nothing. I'd just get it and eat it. Mm. Just a fruit roll-up to joy. But no, uh, no, the candy. It had, like, Smarties or some shit on there. I'd just be yeah, fucking snacking on it. I didn't understand why in this final uh, sequence, when he's supposedly turned, uh, he still has emotion. And he's still, like, doing stuff that would cause emotion out of a human being. Yeah, the whole emotional rules part of it is kind of confusing to me. Definitely. Well, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he really was showing any emotion. He was just like he was observing at his colleagues. He, he was, was really he looking timid. at Elizabeth. He seemed timid. Yeah. Well, I think that's a that's, that's a red herring type deal, you know. 
I but think again, it's just something to throw the audience off. We're assuming that the person who gave us that information, which was, um, what was the actress's name? The lady, the only human left at the end of the movie. She was the one who Manson. came up with that theory. Oh, Veronica Cartwright? We don't know that to be true, necessarily. That's true. That's she true. said, oh, if you don't act like you have emotions, they won't know. But we never heard that from anybody with any like scientific knowledge of what was going on. And with that, fellas, what piece of memorabilia from this film would you like? I go first. I feel like this is easy. You got to get a fucking pod out of this, right, man? You got to have a fucking pod. Just so motherfuckers want to put it in your guest bedroom. You don't want to sleep in there. <laughs> But you know you have like really annoying motherfuckers like, trying to hang out with you. You just invite him over. Let him have the room. And then you have a less emotional version of his ass to deal with later on. Nice. There you go. Let me, ta- let me tell you boring ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Y'all want stuff. Give me an experience. Let me take a dip in that mud bath. Take mm. a weekend at the Coom Spa <laughs> with a mud-based happy. <laughs> I'm trying to get that mud-based happy in it. You know what I'm talking about? We we really didn't go over that. Is that like what? a real thing? Is that a real thing? Mud bath? Hell yeah. fucking yeah. Do they give you hand sit? jobs in mud, though? I would love to fucking sit in a mud bath for about an hour. I know that was real. That looked disgusting. Just that mud getting in all your cracks and crevices. <laughs> God, and filling your nasty. body up. Is it hot oh, mud? God. How do you clean yeah, the mud? It's hot mud. It's bubbling mud. How do you clean the mud? You get in the shower. How do you clean your ass after you take a shit? I mean, the mud. mud. Like, when you, you hop in, like, hot mud, the next guy in hot mud, and the day is, like, six guys. Hot, you go from hot mud to a cold shower, bro. Oh, it feels so good. That's got to feel good, man. It definitely seems like a West Coast uh, exotic pleasantry that we're, we're not used to in the Southeastern United States. I'll be like a fucking frog in there, dude. I'll bring my own lily pad and shit. I'll just have it, like, sitting there, my eyes poking out of the damn... Shit, be looking out of the mud and stuff, bro. Oh, Joe's so over here playing good. Predator in the damn uh, mud bath. Kill me, do it now, come to me. You're not gonna get out if you gotta take a shit either. You're just gonna let it go. <laughs> so, oh yeah, if I yeah if I gotta take a shit or piss in the damn mud bath, guess what? I'm just adding to the mud. You know what I mean? So you can disgusting. flush that mud. Hey, hey, girl, you're going to flush that mud. God, so I made disgusting. a little mud myself. You know what I mean? I just got one of them fucking macaroni and cheese bowls from KFC. I just made a little bit of mud. So the piece I want to take, I thought about the pod, Chris, but then I thought that there is a much cooler pod in Aliens. So I didn't, I didn't take the pod. I want Leonard Nimoy's one-handed half glove that he wore throughout the, the movie. What was that thing? It looked I don't cool, know. But I had but no idea what that, it was like. That was actually, I think, the director's idea to do that, to give him like some distinct distinguishing characteristic it was weird of his character to make him stand yeah, like out apparently he had seen well he had seen his a, a friend of his actually wore one apparently who had like burns on his hands and it was like to protect oh, his hand okay okay well all that being said the end of the day fellas what is your final thoughts on 1978's invasion of the body snatchers so i remember watching this movie a time or two as a kid and never really getting it um if you haven't been able to tell by now, I'm super simple. Uh, when it comes to horror movies, I need blood, I need guts, I need monsters. Uh, this movie didn't really give me that as a kid, um, so it never really stuck with me. But we get older, our tastes refine, they grow. And man, oh man, was I missing out. 
1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a strong B edging towards A territory. With a great core cast and undertones relevant to the, uh, to the world even today. In addition to the unique cinematography, Invasion also has a unique, foreboding, and paranoia-filled score by one-time film composer and jazz pianist Danny Zietland. And it lends itself well to the movie, which is already among the most atmospheric films I've ever seen. Um, the main drawback for me, as we've talked about um, at length, is there are too many chase sequences that it almost feels like filler at times. The third act really drags on. Um, if only they had trimmed some of the chase sequences, I'd, it'd probably come in at a tighter, cleaner hour and 45 minutes. Uh, but its ending is one of the most memorable and horrible in horror history. Um, and I've always been a fan of cosmic horror, such as The Thing, Alien, Event Horizon. And 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers slides right in there among my all-time favorites. Well said, well said. For me, I would say this was, it was a blind spot. I'm sure I've seen some bits of this a long time ago, but definitely nothing in my adult life, nothing I could reference or uh, character names I could pull out of my hat. But this didn't really feel like a blind spot because I feel like I've seen so many versions of this story. As we said, it's might be the most common and most default sci-fi horror concept there is, the body snatchers, you know. Um, I just wish, for me, it felt like the stakes were kind of confusing. Like, they elevated quickly, but I couldn't tell if this was just isolated to one city. And then the sex appeal of Donald Sutherland kind of left me confused about some of the character motivations. But with that being said, Jeff Goldblum was fucking incredible. Leonard Nimoy was great. The birthing effects is what I'm going to refer to. These disgusting fucking creatures coming to life. Um, and the sound design were fucking incredible. I felt the crash, the craftsmanship, it was there. But I was not as enthralled as earlier iterations of the story that I've experienced it. But again, with everything that went into it, the time it came out, everything that it created in its wake, I'm going to give this a B+. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, for me, holds up for the most part. The acting is incredible throughout, and the special effects are pretty damn good for its era. Really, the one glaring issue, it's just that it's drawn out way too much. Do we really need to see them run all over the city, over and over and over? With that being said, I give this film a B+. I think we literally all, even with me saying, like, strong B edging towards A is literally like inferring B plus even yeah, I'm not gonna basically. fucking say it I think if we literally all came at the same shit <laughs> it was close to an A it just wasn't I don't know for me A is like a it has to be more my style to get to that A it's gotta tier, be evil you know? dead too Chris it's like the best version of something that's not necessarily designed for my personal taste you know that's how I felt about it all right, all right. So, uh, recapping our guesses for the audience fan score on Rotten Tomatoes. Hootie the Big Man went with a 92. Always swinging so hard for those mm. fences. And me and my brother actually went with the exact same guess. That's fucking 80%. wild, dude. That's quite wild. It's almost like we came from the same gene pool. An 82. <laughs> <laughs> creates a first in horrible film school history. What was the critics' score? Uh, the critic score was a 92. Mm, Jeez. 
Well, if only that fucking fuck? mini thing. Oh, hi, bro. Hootie's over here now. So let's get the let's get off of our fucking championship. Mm, yes. yes, I'm mm, very yes. much a critic. Mm. Mm, the critics thought mm. about Ryan Hootie. Cisco Ebert and Hootie gave this two thumbs up. Yes, <laughs> yes, Quinn. See, we got a tie. This has never happened before. We're uh, within five points, and we can't really do over under here because we have the same fucking guess. So we're gonna keep. What do we do? We measure. We just like tiebreakers. We measure dicks, but we go based on like golf rules. No, I think we should both guess the size of Hootie's dick. Close. Ooh, I think it's in the picture. How about we guess if it's circumcised or not? So with that, we had an idea for this week of doing a little trivia. Yeah. Five five question round mm. robbing to the top for the next film. Oh fuck my asshole, dude! So how this we want to do this, intense. man? Is it the first one to guess? Is uh, gets the point? And if you're wrong, the other contestant gets the point. Oh, wow. so first one is round robbing, right? My heart's pounding so fast. First one to three points is the victor. Correct. Correct. Amundo. Okay. <clears throat> and I have. Let me clear uh, my brain. Let me clear my brain. Uh. Lion okay. face, ha! Ah. Lemon face, who? I have already pulled five questions of various difficulty. Oh shit! You gonna start with the easy ones? Yes. And then we will move along. Deep First deep. up, question number one: What horror film used the following tagline? In space, no one can hear you scream. Alien. That is one point for Chris. Bam. What kind of dumb shit? The original. You're what? too smart. I'm not fucking smart. My brain has to process stuff. <laughs> there was a good second or two there. It's like a fucking, it's like a really man. old printer. <laughs> you can't fuck with me on this, man. You got a Xerox. I got a fucking uh, typewriter. Uh, somebody pull here, up a board. One oh. Okay. This is, this is a fucking ripoff. This is bullshit. You give him the that easy is, That was a softball pitch. Future. You love Alien. Jesus. I fucking love Alien, dude. I know you do. Alien okay. is better. Question number two. What film was A Quiet Place initially intended to be a sequel to? Fuck, we've talked about this on the pod too. I know we have. Yeah, we have. Motherfucker. This is a softball question? No, this is I'm kind of I, I kind of mixed them up. You get softballs, then you get like ninety mile an hour balls. Fuck, Cloverfield. Joy is correct. Oh, what the let's go! Oh, shit, and we are. Let's what? fucking go! I guess no, no. one. He was buying time when he was googling it. I saw it. No, nah, my hands were uh, free up. Hands Joy. up. Hands up for the whole questionnaire. Hands up for the whole time. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get a fucking I'm gonna get a blood clot. My fucking arms gonna be up. <laughs> Dominoes is going to help. All right. Question number three. We are tied up one to one. Number three. See, I told you that thing about my brain taking a while. The printer finally takes that long. Yeah, it takes that long. This one is a very, very fast ball. I got to close my eyes because I can't look at y'all when I do this. Number three. What was the 20th century's first American horror film? The Grudge. That is incorrect, and that point will go to Joy because you answered incorrectly. Wait, wait. Let me let me think about it. Let me think about it before like you tell me the answer. Okay. That would be like the nineteen hundreds, right? I can't comment. God damn it, he said twentieth century. Like, I thought it'd be like 21st. Nosferatu or some shit, right? I did say twentieth century, yeah. Is it Nosferatu? 
It is Frankenstein. Oh, shit. Shit, he, so you meant 20th century. Yeah, that's what it said. I said 20th century. <laughs> I was thinking you meant 21st. <laughs> Jesus that, Christ. That better have been a fucking hard question. So, <laughs> if that's a softball, then I'm going to win by default because I'm going to let Chris just answer. I ain't going to say shit. But not, the point there is it would be the first horror movie ever made, right? Okay, we, we are really dissecting this question. Yeah, fuck me, right? Good Lord. It I really is like two, this segment. This needs to be a normal segment. It is two to one. Let's go, baby. Number? Close them out. Close them four. Out. What item? Did Nancy pull out of her dream in Nightmare on Elm Street? His hat. That is correct. And we are tied. Oh, my fucking God. We are locked up and locked in. Oh, my head's hurting. I need to take a break. Question number five for all the marbles and the next film. Who played the role of the pharmacist in Thinner? Stephen King. Stephen King is correct. Wow. How the fuck am I going to know who plays something in Thinner? Well, Chris did. <laughs> I don't want to tell you. Who has ever seen that? That's a great movie. With the, I saw uh, it back in the 90s. Kiefer Sutherland. It was, it was a call out to the Sutherlands. Wow. Yeah, boy. I feel like that was a jip because that was like a fucking movie no one's ever seen before. I'm just, Except I guess. Two people. I just assumed it was him because it's a Stephen King book. I knew that much. Wow. Oh, Here we go with some pretentious-ass movie choice. Go ahead and hit me with it. Kiefer Sutherland was not in Thinner. I do apologize. That was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> no one was in fucking Thinner that anybody knows. Oh, like, no, no, I said I want to be Thinner. I think the Cherokee guy who cried in the commercial was in that, and that's like it. Yes. You told me not to pick too many softballs, and I didn't. So. Let me go and get that dirt <sighs> off my shoulder. Jesus. That was a fucking brain teaser right there. Holy shit. It's like a Rubik's Cube <laughs> in the dark. All right, well, shit, I wasn't expecting a win here. I was expecting a... <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting a win. I was expecting a win. I was expecting a I had such a good know. choice, too, Hootie. Fuck you. Because the, the, the movie I had chosen was actually going to be something you would really enjoy. He said, fuck but you, I'm not going <laughs> Well, anyway. I should have been back. all aliens questions. Let's get the attention back <laughs> on the fucking winner here. So... You guys always bitch about me being highbrow. I went lowbrow on you last time. Hootie didn't seem to enjoy that. So, first oh, off, so let's bad. say fuck you, Hootie. You went way too lowbrow. And let's, uh, I'm going back to the whale here. Going to another blind spot for me. And the last time I went to this particular Artur's blind spot, it turned out pretty well. It's really a drama. Going to buy a guy by the name of Clive Barker. I'm going to watch Hellraiser. Oh, let's oh, go Hellraiser, baby. This is exciting. Seven. That's actually good. Yeah, I have I'm very, not as upset very now. little. I mean, I'm still upset. This, Don't so. get me wrong. I've seen bits and pieces of like this entire franchise, but never exactly, went all yeah. the way through. Like I've oh. seen so many images and clips of this shit, I couldn't tell you what's what in this franchise. One's so. good. Two is fucking insane. I've heard the third one goes like off the rails. Oh yeah, after the second one, they're not that good. All right, folks, we're on YouTube. Let's check out the trailer for 1987's Hellraiser. New World Pictures presents the future of horror. I love this stuff. His name is Clive Barker. His name. Oh. Uh, Stephen King said that. This is a dog shit quality, right? Oh, he's definitely getting aroused there. That wasn't on a radish. 
nightmare. Unlike anything you have witnessed. This is a terrifying trailer. Looks like the Amityville house. Yes. The fucking chatterer dude is so oh. scary, man. Shows us. Hellraiser, a film by Clive Barker. We'll tear your soul apart. And the dude did not look happy. They showed the title like four times. Yeah, the title's burning <laughs> a burning. Wow. Filmed by Clive Barker. He was the uh, Candyman creator as well. I think we, we say this every time we watch old films like this. The trailers are fantastic. So, yeah, let's go uh, raise some hell, boys. You want to take a stab at that fan score on Rotten Tomatoes? I think this is probably a movie that creeped a lot of fucking people out. It's probably going to skew down. I'm going to say 70%. I was kind of in the same mindset, Chris, but I thought it would be a little bit more well-received than that. I went with a 78. All right, and to round out the feelings for everyone, I think it was received a little bit less warmly, um, maybe not so much by the fans, um, but definitely there's, it's got its detractors for sure. Um, looking at about a 65. Oh, Ooh. shit. I'm spreading them cheeks. Spread. Clap them. Yeah, baby. I'm about to clap them pinhead cheeks. I bet pinhead cheeks do clap. Is his whole body covered in that shit, or is it just the face? Just the head. It's just his face, but his, like, ass cheeks are exposed. Oh, that's like, nice. Chaps. Shit. It's like leather chaps. We get an ashy ass shot. His mm. ass has all those, like, pins in it, too. Well, on that note. Thank you for listening. Check out the website, HorribleFilmSchool.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms and links to all the social whatnot. Drop us a line, leave a review, send some love. I'm going to offer my support to women high on speed. Running from otherworldly brain-sucking parasites with that one guy at work you kind of want to bank. Do your own thing and leave these fools behind. Ain't no D worth all that. And as always, if you're listening to our voices, please tell at least one person you know, spread the love, spread the campaign, follow us on Instagram. And I would like to take the time here to recognize the state of Kentucky. They are going through some really hard times right now with flooding. And if you could reach out to Team Eastern Kentucky Flood Relief Fund, if you feel the urge to give some money to help out the cause. At the time of this recording, the death toll is at 19, but it is feared to be much higher they could use all the help that they can get. And I'm out. So that's a wrap on another horrific adventure into horror cinema history. Thanks for all the listens, the likes, the subs, the downloads, all that good stuff. We really appreciate your time and your attention. Be sure to join us in the next one when we rip and tear into 1987's Hellraiser. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.